How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing on this wonderful Sunday evening? Uh, I I just want to wish you a happy Spencer Hawes opt-in day eve, Eric. Um, (laughs) By the time our, our friends out there hear this, uh, maybe we'll have a, uh, a, a, a hotly anticipated leak of what Spencer Haas is deciding. He has to uh, make a decision as to whether he's taking a $6 million player option with the Bucks for this coming season, which I think everybody has sort of resigned themselves to the fact that he probably will because, you know, let's just say the evidence has been mounting for why uh, big men, especially non-elite big men, probably should be taking uh money that they can get rather than uh playing uh playing you know a game of of uh gambling on on their value in free agency this year so um i I think that's the most likely thing but who knows maybe spencer haas will bet on himself and uh throw the bucks cap sheet a lifeline by uh by opting out but but uh, i guess by the time people hear this we'll probably know for sure and unfortunately i think we probably know which way it's gonna go i was gonna say i think you calling it spencer haas opt-in day is is appropriate because uh, I, man, if he would pass up that kind of money, I'm not even sure what kind of contract he would get on the open market. I, I don't know how you could bring yourself to give him much more than three million. I don't, I don't even know. Um, so yeah, that that seems that seems pretty likely, um, and I think that's also probably a good starting point for uh, some other maybe housekeeping type things we need to, we need to do on this episode. Um, the next one in line for me um, would probably probably be to talk about Sterling Brown and why he's not a member of the Bucks yet, but really he is. Um, I, so there's been nothing official yet, um, and I, I know my my mentions have had it. I think yours have had it as well. Like, why is nothing getting done? What is going on? Um, and I think the explanation is pretty simple. You want to take a stab at it, Frank? Yeah. So I, I think the, the 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 issue is simply just the the accounting of of how much money teams can send out and in each year. So I guess it's a you know three three and a half million bucks teams can use to um, you know buy and sell uh, basically picks and, and other transactions like this so um you know there the, the bucks obviously a year ago sold uh, a uh um in, this was this was last year and I, I don't remember i think it cleared on draft night so i think it would have been in the last calendar year when they sold the patrick mccaw pick but um in terms of buying a pick right so the bucks it did go through apparently that the bucks sold the number 48 pick which turned out to be Sundarius thornwell so a couple who asked me like oh well if sterling brown hasn't officially been acquired like can we keep Sundarius Thornwell? No, that that deal is is passed. So the Bucks have sold that pick, and I mean, I, it's also been interesting because I know uh, it seems like a lot of people are 
are pissed off that the Bucks sold a pick. Like as, but I, I would say this: don't view it as selling a pick so much as just basically a swap of the two picks. I mean, I would view them as simultaneous sort of transactions. Like they wouldn't have done one without the other. Um, and again, you can just be mad that the Bucks don't, you know, buy a second round pick every year. But you know, again, teams don't don't do that every year. Um, I think being annoyed last year when they had acquired two picks and then just sold one for cash. I think that's a lot more justifiable than than this year, especially the fact that um, with that second round pick, they will have 15 guys who you would expect to get NBA contracts. So they're, they're obviously in a roster crunch as is. But um, but yeah, it seems like the issue is um, so Philly, uh, who is selling the uh, Sterling Brown pick, they picked Sterling Brown. They also picked Jawan Evans and they sold Jawan Evans to the Clippers. So it seems like the likely issue is that the Sixers have already basically sold too much stuff, basically, and they have to wait until July 1 when the cap flips to the new NBA calendar to sell the Bucks the pick that was used on Sterling Brown. I, at least that's what we think the issue is. Um, there may have also been um, Bucks cash considerations in the uh, Miles Plumley deal, which we don't know how much that is, which could also have something to do with this, but... Either way, um, I, I would not spend any time fretting about Sterling Brown and whether he's, you know, there, I don't, there's, I don't think there's going to be any gotcha, and the Sixers are going to say, just kidding, we're going to keep Sterling Brown. Um, it seems just a matter of, you know, just waiting a couple more days for uh, the keeping to uh, to allow it. So Sterling Brown is still a buck, unless some crazy weird thing happens that it seems like nobody in the Milwaukee Bucks organization would anticipate. So I would not panic if, if I was a Bucks nation out there. Yeah. I was going to say, if you want to worry about whether or not Sterling Brown's defense translates, if you want to worry about whether or not uh, he'll find time in the rotation, worry about that. Um, but I, I don't think, at least I'll say this. I have not thought once this weekend, um, whether or not the Sterling Brown deal is going down and why it's not. I did, I did not think about it one time. Um, so uh, there, to me, there's very little uh, concern in that regard. So I think that's housekeeping point number two. Um, I'm trying to think if we want to... Yeah, okay, so... The, I think the next one is kind of taking a look at some of the guys that uh, the Bucks have signed to summer league contracts, and then also the guy that they signed to a two-way deal, um, or at least reportedly signed to a two-way deal, in Wisconsin point guard Bronson Koenig. And obviously I think that a lot of people are excited about it because, one, they know who Bronson Koenig is, and two, they like Bronson Koenig. Um, so I, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think the best place to start is explaining what a two-way contract is because it's the, kind of the first time that we're going to get to see the Bucks use one, um, and it's going to be the first time that anyone in the league is going to get to use them. So um, let's just try to break down some of the two-way contract details, Frank. Yeah, so so the basic idea, and, and if you've followed this at all, you've probably heard it referred to as basically a 16th and 17th roster spot effectively for NBA teams. And the idea is that normally teams have 15 NBA contracts that they can have on the roster at any given time. And I think everybody's familiar with the idea of you know having 
you know, your second round pick or first round pick, or maybe you sign a young free agent or something like that. And then you can send that guy down to the D league. And obviously this year is a big year for the Bucks because the Wisconsin herd are having their inaugural season uh, in Oshkosh, which will mean that the Bucks actually have their own affiliate and they get to decide who the coaching staff is and they get to decide how they play. And that, you know, basically you have a lot more control than you would have uh, under the previous system where the Bucks were one of, I think it was like seven or eight teams that still didn't have an affiliate, maybe something like that. And they all effectively by the end uh, last season, you know, there wasn't even a single team that would get those players. So literally, if, if Rashad Vaughn had to go down to the D-League, there would be like an assignment process and you wouldn't even know necessarily where he was going to go, which isn't exactly ideal if you're trying to develop a young player. So um, obviously a big advantage getting the herd. And um, the timing is obviously very good because of these two-way contracts, which essentially mean that um, as part of the new CBA, uh, you know, previously daily players didn't get paid much, basically anything. I mean, you know, guys are making twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year, uh, and again, I mean, a lot of these guys could go abroad to Europe and make a lot more money, and they're, you know, taking a chance on themselves by by playing in in the D League in the hopes of getting that call up. And this kind of splits the difference a little bit in that players can sign these two-way contracts, um, and and essentially the range of of outcomes from a from a compensation standpoint is seventy-five k to about 275K. And the range depends on how many days you spend in the NBA. You can spend up to 45 days um, in the NBA with uh, the team that you sign with. So they have their exclusive right to, to call you up, basically. And so basically, you can make a much better living than you could if you were making that 2025K, just kind of scratching by. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, teams pay a little bit more, but they get that option value of of being able to you know develop guys. Um, the Bucks now have their own team that they can go develop those guys in, uh, and they have those two roster spots that they can use on those two way contract players. And then depending on what happens, if the guy plays forty five days, and and then you want to bring the guy up for you know basically you have the option then to make him basically a or you know give him an NBA contract. So um, so yeah, so it's a it's an interesting situation. Um, we've seen now. Uh, a few players be rumored uh, on draft night who were not drafted to have signed with teams and um, and get these sort of deals lined up. So um, it's definitely, I think, adds an exciting element to the league, you know, especially for hardcore people like us and and probably you guys out there. And obviously for the Bucks, um, you know, to what it seems like likely to make this Bronson Koenig. And again, I mean, nothing's like official, official. Um, it certainly seems like he's going to be playing in summer league. You know, who knows if things go horribly in summer league. I don't know. Maybe, you know, could something fall through? I don't know, maybe, but, um, it does seem likely that, that he will be a, a member of the Wisconsin herd. And obviously there's, there's good marketing around that. And, um, I don't know if you want to jump into the sort of the practical upshot for the bucks quite yet, or if you want to talk a little bit more about the mechanics of this, but, um, but obviously, you know, if you're going to be a random dude signing, uh, you know, basically off the street as a non-drafted player, Bronson Koenig actually kind of fits the profile of the type of player who who might actually have a shot to actually see some time with the Bucks, which is which is actually kind of cool. Aside from the kind of novelty of it getting a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, I was going to say just with two way contracts and the D League in general, it's going to be really fun and interesting to see how teams try to utilize those and who are the guys that get those and. How do you decide when to move them up or down? How often do you move them up or down? And um, I don't know. I, I think it's just going to be cool. It, it adds another layer to very nerdy basketball stuff, um, which is something obviously I think both you and I are into, and hopefully most of the people listening to this podcast are into. So it, it'll it'll just be fun to kind of see how teams try to 
go about that. Um, and as far as Kane goes, I am someone that was quite bullish on his NBA prospects. Um, I guess for me, I I had said before the draft, I know I did a couple uh, pods and one with someone from Madison, and they asked about Hayes and Koenig, and with Koenig, to me, he just seems like a guy that if he wants it, he could probably be a backup point guard in the NBA for... I don't know, a long, five, six years. Um, but if he wants to make some more money, maybe Europe would be the place to go. But um, the reason why I think he can work as a backup point guard, um, I, I think the question would be quickness. Does he have enough of it? Can he play defense well enough? Um, but offensively, shoots a ton of threes, hits a ton of threes, and he he played for a Wisconsin team that does not play a brand of basketball that I particularly enjoy, um, but part of the appeal of Wisconsin basketball is not turning the ball over, taking care of the basketball, um, and playing good, sound, fundamental basketball. And, uh, I mean, I think that's what you want from your backup point guard. You want to be able to put them in the game, hopefully they hit some threes, and most importantly, they take care of the ball and make sure that those other guys that maybe are a little bit more important. Maybe the guy that you see as your bench scorer, the starter that you have hanging out um, with those bench units as you've staggered your lineups. The hope is that that point guard can kind of help get them into the right spots and do some things. So um, I, I'm someone, I, I think it'll take someone giving him a chance in the NBA. Like If the Bucks do sign him to a two-way contract, an injury or um, something happening where he gets a chance to be there for uh, 10 games or so. Um, and, and I think during that time he could impress. But also if that never happens and that chance never occurs, I could definitely see him heading over to Europe and in putting up a bunch of points and having a long career over there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he's, I think what you mentioned, I mean, the obvious, the obvious questions there are around is, you know, just the physical tool set, right? I mean, he's, uh, I think, measured a little over 6'2", six 6'4", six wingspan. Um, you know, look at his statistical profile in college. Obviously, everybody knows his, his skills as a shooter. Um, and, you know, off the dribble, spot up. I mean, the guy you know, knows how to get buckets from, from the perimeter. Um, can he get to the rim with any consistency? You know, probably not really at the NBA level, but, um, I think other questions too, right. I mean, about just like his playmaking, not, a, not a big assist guy, uh, in college, um, really was a, a score, you know, first and foremost. And, you know, didn't really block shots or create steals, which we often talk about as being sort of important measures of, of, you know, functional athleticism that, that often, uh, tend to, indicate guys who who can translate athleticism to the NBA as well. And, and so those things aren't really there with Bronson, but you know, he knows how to shoot. And obviously in the NBA today that that's a very marketable skill. And I, I think especially on the Bucks, um, you know, to have a, a team that has obviously a fair amount of talent, um, but the one thing they were missing, we talked about this so much, is you know they didn't have guys who would shoot off the dribble in the backcourt, right? Delavidova and and Brogdon's Civil War muskets um, just just did not you know just did not lead to um, as much floor stretching as as certainly you would like, even though they both um, can be effective at at hitting open jump shots. And Koenig obviously can do that. So um, so it's kind of those things like, do I think Bronson Kagan Koenig's an NBA player? Well. Uh, probably not. I mean, I think there's a reason why he didn't he didn't, you know, get drafted. He wasn't really even talked about in that regard. Um, you know, didn't get invited to the combine. But um 
if there's an NBA team that could actually be a pretty good fit for him um, that has sort of the general playmaking ability uh, at the non kind of guard spots, non-point guard spot to, to mask some of his deficiencies, the Bucks might be that team. And obviously the fact that it's a, a local guy um, who, you know, I don't know if he'll sell a lot of tickets uh, in Oshkosh, but certainly makes that team more interesting. Um, it's it's a nice story. And I think it's kind of an, you know, uh, certainly a good good use of that kind of spot if indeed uh, the Bucks do use him that way. And it'll be fun to see him uh, in Vegas. Uh, and I think we'll see him, probably the guy that, you know, is is most relevant in many ways. Um, who's on the roster is is Gary Payton the second, um, because you know right now Gary Payton the second is nominally your your third string point guard. Um, and again, Payton is kind of the exact opposite of Bronson Koenig, I guess, in that he pretty much does lots of weird things that point guards don't typically do, like rebound, get steals, block shots, or at least he does things them at, at very high levels relative to, um, you know, undrafted type guys. Uh, but he doesn't really know how to shoot. <laughs> um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see those two guys. And, you know, I think if you look at, uh, you know, certainly questions about whether Gary Payton the second can stick on this roster as well. Um, maybe Gary Payton the second gets waived this summer. Um, he's non guaranteed for next year. Um, maybe he then gets re-signed to a two-way deal as well. That that's also possible. So, um, so again, two spots like that for the Bucks with these two-way contracts. Um, and certainly, you'd hope that they can make good use of them. And and uh, obviously, with the the herd being an option now for development, uh, no reason not to to try to use that and uh, potentially maybe find some guy who can contribute in some way, even if it's just you know on the the you know random time when when there's like two injuries to guards or something like that yeah i think that's kind of the the other thing i was thinking about too is that the i mean i would i would assume the appeal of this two-way contract is okay if you have a random batch of injuries like you said you don't have to cut someone to sign someone for that little bit of time to make sure that you can fill out the roster like you don't have to the the to me the hope would be like okay hopefully one of those two guys can just come up step in and you can kind of just continue moving forward and since you would hope that the D League team and the NBA team play the same offense and all of that that they can kind of just get put right in and you would hope your team doesn't miss a beat or if it's a beat it's a short beat um, so I think that'll be interesting and. Going to some of the other news, housekeeping, etc. Um, Bucks have a couple of guys now that reportedly will be joining them in Summer League. Um, I think the list here compiled by our friends at Brew Hoop. Uh, Jalen Moore, Utah State. Reggie Upshaw, Middle Tennessee State. Tim Kempton uh, from Lehigh. Jaquan Lewis from VCU and then uh, Akil Polonara from Italy um, I'm not sure if I got that name right and I'm sorry if I got it wrong um, so those he's a he's a big time big time lockdown bucks listener probably Akila, uh, we apologize I, I would have to assume like I said I just wanted to make sure to apologize um, so those would be the six or those would be the five plus Koenig uh, for new people that would probably be on uh, the summer league roster, anyone d- did I miss anyone? Any news um, as far as anyone else? I, I think the only guy I even like sort of was remotely interested in was Jalen Moore because um, he's actually you know a, was actually a somewhat productive player at Utah State, swingman I guess um, has a cool afro. So I mean that's a that's obviously a major plus. But uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I, 
I, I always sort of joke about how little I generally care about the other names on this summer league roster because uh, I think you know in all the years I've been paying attention to the Bucks summer league roster and going to Vegas and stuff I I don't remember the Bucks ever actually signing anybody that they had on their non-roster guys and um, it's not to say that that there haven't been a couple guys that that they maybe regret. Um, not signing, but in general, you know, it's just not an area where typically the Bucks have, have found any guys. And, um, you know, certainly this year a little bit different because, again, they do have those those two uh, G League spots. We got to call it G League now. That's official, Eric. We can't call it D League anymore. Um, we need to correct ourselves there. But uh, but yeah, so they now have uh, a couple of spots. And so I think certainly Vegas becomes a lot more relevant because a lot of these guys, um, you know, they're they're gunning for, for contracts all over the world. I mean, scouts from Europe always come to, to Vegas. You see a lot of guys sign uh, with European teams while they're there. And now, obviously, there are these two extra spots for extra teams. So that means 60 extra spots to make more money than a, than a standard a G League contract. So, um, so yeah, we'll be interested to see if any of those guys actually, you know, uh, pop out and you know a lot of times it's really it's first question is who's actually going to play because um, again this season you'd hope that Thon Maker is there you'd hope that Malcolm Brogdon is there you don't hope that Rashad Vaughn is there I don't think Rashad Vaughn can really afford to say oh I'm good it's like nah, I think you probably want to impress the coaching staff as much as possible I'm guessing playing Vegas might be another good thing to do he was not impressive last year um sterling brown obviously another guy that you'd hope to see um who, who else am i missing who else would go to who else would go to vegas is that it other than that in the dj wilson obviously i guess yeah. but um certainly those guys plus plus the non-roster guys you mentioned so um so i don't know can sean sweeney actually get a bucks summer league team to not suck for once I, that is my that's the big thing to watch because the bucks have been pretty much terrible um since uh since the kid coaching staff took over and uh i think that first year they had uh jabari and Giannis together and i don't know they haven't been like the worst summer league teams but they're never good in terms of actually like winning basketball games so we'll see if uh this year uh gary payton too obviously expect him as well so i mean the bucks actually have some have some guards this summer so uh, that's usually pretty important in uh in being a decent summer league team yeah they man I, it's funny just trying to think of, uh, like, GP2 and Rashad Vaughn, like, as your starting guards and trying to play productive basketball. Cause we, we well, just, Brogdon, Brogdon's there. Brogdon would start if he's there. You think Brogdon would go, though? I don't know. I mean, he's... I mean, he might be the worst rookie of the year ever if he, if he wins on Monday night. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, like he was usually, a, he was, usually, usually, usually guys show up for like a, the first like game or two when they're when they're sophomores, right? I mean, it's I don't think it's it's typical for guys to not show. I mean, even Giannis played his sophomore season. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I don't know. I always just think like, oh, he's actually an NBA contributor, um, <laughs> and I guess it's probably just my disdain for summer league basketball that like I don't even want the stank of summer league on Malcolm Brogdon. Like I would just rather you know just. Just get to the next season. I don't need to see him play in summer league. I don't even want to think about uh, him in summer league basketball. Um, but yeah, he, he probably would end up going. Um, I guess from that list too, like you said, Jalen Moore was interesting to me. Um, Upshaw was kind of interesting at Middle Tennessee State. I got to see him play in person um, when the NSA tournament was in Milwaukee. Um, I, I thought he was pretty good, and maybe he's interesting. But, yeah, like you said, the other guy that really stuck out to me was Jalen Moore. Um, so we'll see what they have to offer there. And, Frank, I, as I'm thinking about this, I think we 
we hit on the housekeeping stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, is there something I'm forgetting? I don't think there is. Uh, no, I mean, I guess there will be the, I believe the DJ Wilson press conference is on Monday. So Correct. no Sterling Brown, but um, we will at least get our, our first look at, at DJ Wilson. Uh, I don't know. I, I Probably not wearing a Bucks hat or get a chance to see DJ Wilson put a Bucks hat on his uh, very, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a rooster haircut? What, what, what kind of haircut is that? I don't know. It's a... It's an interesting haircut. Um, since he wasn't there on draft, a nine, tame but, Alfred uh, Payton. I don't know. I don't know what to call tame, it. Tame. Uh, my my wife hates Al- Alfred Payton's hair. Like anytime a Magic game game is on, she just that's like the immediate thing she zooms <laughs> in on. And I was somebody did a a, uh, a an analysis. Actually, I forget who it was. Somebody did a video analysis of Payton shooting free throws because he's not a good free throw shooter. At least I don't think he was this year. He's previously been a bad free throw shooter, and he hits his hair when he shoots pretty regularly because it like goes so far what? forward and so someone actually did, i don't know if it was i don't know if somebody figured out if it actually throws him off but i can't imagine hitting the front of whatever you want to call alfred payton's hair that that encourages like consistent release points on a free throw but his hair is ridiculous he needs to cut that come on man um but yeah uh, i think dj wilson uh his his shooting has has i think he was an 83 percent free throw shooter 37 38 from three so no no uh, no concerns around his hair uh affecting his his three-point shot and fortunately he does not have to wear a baseball hat uh while he plays his sport so so that's good but curious to meet him um i i read some uh, i saw some interesting stuff and i think um uh jimmy carlton wrote something for on milwaukee and somewhere he found that like uh dj wilson was like a three eight high school student i think he got offers from harvard and stanford and went to michigan which is obviously a great school so um someone we i was joking about uh about dj wilson and malcolm brogdon you know playing backgammon or something instead of cards on on you know team charters and someone suggested the i think a couple of people i forgot to look who, who did but so a couple of people suggested the nickname of of veep vice president for dj wilson so i don't know we'll have to see he seems a little bit he doesn't seem as buttoned up as Malcolm Brogdon, at least. He seems a little bit more have that like kind of California swagger, but does also seem to be a very smart guy. So that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. And I guess we'll we'll see on Monday uh, what he's like in front of the media in Milwaukee. Um, I was just scrolling through my Twitter a little bit as we're, we're looking at this um, and recording this, and there was a couple other guys I just saw because I typed in Summer League Bucks um, in my Twitter search and saw that. That's that's the kind of that's kind of kind of pot quality podcasting we do. We just Google <laughs> stuff live while we're while we're. Well, I just wanted to double check because I had that list and I, uh, Tyler. Did we get Stefan Moody? Did we get no, Stephon we did not. Moody? Stefan Moody okay. and uh, Tyler Robertson uh, from Syracuse as well to be on the Summer League Bucks. Um, so, again, maybe I didn't even need to jump in and say that um, because I'm not sure anyone uh, really gets all that excited um, for either of those two. Um, but still, more t- more people, more. Uh, players on the roster and um, more summer league news I guess is is that even is that an oxymoron summer league news um, so that'll that'll be interesting to watch and we'll have to see what happens there um, other than that though I, I think that's it obviously uh, this week we can we'll end up talking free agency some this week Frank but um, I, I know I, I did a I did a hit on ESPN Madison uh, over the weekend, and they asked me for the the name to watch in free agency for the Bucks to go after, and I was like, 
Crickets? Uh, I, no, I, like Tony I, Snell, I guess? I was like, well, Tony Snell, uh, and I was like, as far as anyone else goes, like I'll need to start studying who possible shooters are that you could get on the mid-level except like uh, i would i would need a, a very deep list like there there's no cp3 there's no like big free agents like they don't have that money they're gonna have an exception to work with if they want to um but as you already said like there's there's 15 there's 15 guys right now um so that's not to say they can't cut someone trade someone do anything like that but um we'll have to see but yeah i as i was asked the question i was like i don't want to crush everyone's hopes and dreams here but yeah it seems pretty unlikely like there's not a lot of cap space but we can we can get into some more of that later this week yeah i mean i think the main thing is there's just no you know if, if tony snell resigns for what you would assume which would be something you know north of 10 million and um again i think the cap going go or the the cap going up less than expected to be clear okay the cap is not going down relative to last year um it, you know it's likely going to go from 94 million to 99 million and the only, only problem is that's less than what we thought it was going to be we thought it was going to be 102 million a few months ago then we thought it was going to be 101 million and you know the funny thing i tweeted this out and we can get more into this stuff but you know a year ago right around this time the projection on what this year's cap number was going to be was uh, 107 million and i think like 127 or something like that 127 million something like that luxury tax um so you know keep that in mind too and and again i mean you know teams have to be ready for for things to change but pretty much all the deals you know signed early last summer not the plumley deal that one there is no excuse for uh but the Teladovich deal the the Delvadova deal i mean you know, a lot of those deals that were signed on on July at midnight, um, teams were expecting to have a cap and tax this year that are that were going to be eight million dollars higher than where they actually are now. So that that kind of changed then after a week of free agency a year ago, because basically the league then looked at all the money being spent and said, "Oh, well, part of the reason we thought it was going to be 107 and not less was because we thought teams wouldn't actually be able to spend or they wouldn't spend as much money as they did." And so teams basically kind of went crazy. And then there's sort of, you know, there's basically a uh, if there's a shortfall from one year to the next in terms of money going over, then it gets pushed over and that, that didn't happen. So that's sort of part of the reason why we are here now is all the spending last year um, means basically the cap's not going up as much. And that's kind of a double whammy because obviously teams were uh, were expecting to have a little bit more flexibility. But now they don't. And, and as you said, yeah, I think Tony Snell is really the guy to watch and assuming he comes back. Bucks really don't have any flexibility to sign, you know, anyone and stay under the luxury tax. Really, they'd, they'd have to get rid of some other contracts first. So, um, so yeah, I, I, unless you know they figure out some way to dump one or two contracts, I don't think you know they're even going to spend you know anything close to the full mid level, which would be a little over eight million dollars. So, um, it may be a short uh, free agency preview this year. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk about that this week, but. Um, you know, again, on the upside, hey, at least we won't have new contracts to complain about being bad. Um, we'll only have, well, we'll have Tony Snell. I guess people will complain about that probably. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's sort of the irony, right, is you, you just complain about free agent deals, and then you try to figure out how to get rid of them, and then you realize that free agent deals are typically the most inflated of any type of contract you can sign. So <laughs> and, um, and The so cycle is just wonderful, because you complain about yeah. it. And then you think about, okay, how could they trade away this contract? And then, oh, who should they sign with in free agency this year? Who should they go after? 
you idiot. You just started the whole process. <laughs> like, it just keeps going and going and going. And uh, like we've said a number of times, uh, free agency is is a dangerous, dangerous world. Um, and unless you're the team that gets the super-duper star on your roster, you probably didn't spend your money wisely because uh, th- there just really isn't a ton of value to be had there. So uh, we'll talk about that going forward. Uh, but that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, kind of a strange housekeeping kind of stuff. Knock out some smaller stories today, and we'll just keep it moving. Free agency starts on, let's see, what, Friday night? Um, so we are, is that right? Yeah, cause it's the first. I'm yeah, trying to think but basically the night, the, night, the night of June 30th, uh, we will stay up till midnight into the early morning hours i'm sure to to see what comes across the wire because basically you know you'll see deals get announced that you know were effectively negotiated you know let's say wink wink uh before the negotiating window actually opened and magically you know at 1201 uh the mark steins and woges will start tweeting deals that are agreed to in principle and they can't officially most of those deals can't officially be signed until the moratorium ends i think on the 6th or 7th of july but effectively once they're announced like you know teams you don't you don't go back and and you know go against your word on a on a free agent deal or you will not uh be doing much free agency work with agents if you do that so um so yeah some technicality stuff but uh i'm, I'm sure we you know Tony Snell, again, probably the guy to watch out for. Um, we, we may get some news there early. Uh, he is a restricted free agent. so uh, But given what we've heard, you wouldn't be surprising at all if the Bucks do try to move on him pretty quick. So we'll see what happens. All right, that's going to be it for today on Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you the rest of the week. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you later.